0: Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to a special Pentecost Sunday message expecting to receive from Brother Drew Printergast. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. I give honor to every single one of you, the love and the hospitality that I feel. So thank you for making us feel welcome at home. And we love you. Acts chapter number three, beginning with verse one. And the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour, and a certain lame man came from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, Look at us. And he gave them His attention, watch this, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising god and all the people saw him walking and praising god and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him last verse of scripture acts chapter two beginning with verse number one the chapter before that story and when the day of pentecost was fully come how many of you know that we are celebrating the day of pentecost which is the birthday of the church Do you remember what it was like when God filled you for the first time with the Holy Ghost? And they were all in one accord. Everybody say one accord. In one place. Say one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit Gave them the utterance. And for just a few moments here this morning, I'd like to preach to you on this. Expecting to receive. Expecting to receive. I feel like faith has just, just, just broken open into this place this morning. I can feel it. I can sense it. I want you to keep that same expectation. And would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands? And would you just begin to talk to the Lord just out of a genuine and a pure heart unto Him? And just lift up your voice unto the King of Kings. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this this opportunity to be here to preach to your precious people, God. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for the new thing, Lord God. I thank you for the start of a new revival, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for the vision that you're given. I thank you for the leadership that's here, Lord. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do in and through this church and this community and the surrounding regions, Lord. I pray, God, that your faith would go forth. I loose the gift of faith in the name of Jesus. I bind any unclean spirit. I command it not, I permit it not to operate, but I loose power, love, and a sound mind in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands and give God praise if you're thankful? Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus. His. He's at a place. In his ministry where his disciples. They they come walking up to him. And. They're arguing on the road. And they're going back and forth. And trying to figure out. Who's the greatest. I love when you tap into the life of, of the disciples and you see their, their carnality and their humanity and their, their weaknesses and their, their flaws. Because how many of you know that God does not use perfect people? How many of you know that God can't use perfect people? Because at the end of the day, we're all imperfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But I'm thankful that God still is willing to walk with us and Help us and teach us and train us and be there with us through it and you see a lot of times when the life of the disciples you see you see their their, their flaws and their weaknesses and they, they come to Jesus and and, and they, they have a question that they've got to ask him they said Jesus who is the greatest in the kingdom who is the greatest in the kingdom Matthew chapter 1 and 2 or Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 and 2, and the response, I don't know if they expected the response that they got, but they received a pretty lengthy response. Jesus begins to respond to them from Matthew chapter number, or verse number 3, all the way down into verse 19. He gets to the, the crux of the matter. He gets to, to the main point. He, he says, and again I say to you, That if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask it shall be done of them of my father which is in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name there I'd be in the midst. Prior to that, Jesus is talking about forgiveness, and Jesus is talking about humility, and remember the question that they asked was, who is the greatest? And so Jesus begins to really dive into the real heart and the real issue of the question. He's really breaking this thing down, and he's getting to the root of it, and he begins to talk about agreement and he begins to talk about being unified and if two of you would touch an agreement and 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 and, and believe that he says i, I in, in my name he says i'm going to be able to do it in the midst of you and then, and then, directly after that, I, I love Peter because Peter, a lot of times, you see, he's the one that's always speaking up. He's cutting the cutting the soldier's ear off. He's speaking up, and he even one time he rebuked Jesus. Jesus looked at him and, and said, "Get behind thee, Satan!" You know, he, he he Peter is this this apostle that's always kind of chiming in, and in the middle of Jesus teaching, he literally says, "Lord, how often." Shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said, I, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. So, in the midst of agreement, Peter asks the question perhaps that the, the, the antidote of disagreement is our ability. To forgive and let go those that have hurt us and those that have wounded us. How many of you know that offense and unforgiveness can stop the flow of agreement? Can stop the flow of what God wants to do in our lives? Jesus is really teaching. He says that a true Christian must have unlimited capacity to forgive. Well, that's pretty hard I don't know how I can do that I can't do it on my own strength I, Because this is what helps me to be forgiving This is what helps me to, to let some things go Is that I get back to the cross And I remember the times that I've needed Desperate forgiveness And the mess that I've been And the things that I've done I'm going to need that mercy And I'm going to need that The Bible says Blessed are the merciful For they shall obtain mercy I don't know about you But I want to have mercy in my life And so if I'm going to have some mercy in my life, that means I've got to be merciful to everybody that I come in contact with. I want the Lord because, hey, I understand that my human flesh is flesh. I understand that I make mistakes. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm living and striving every day to be in relationship with God. But at the end of the day, we are all human flesh. We all fail. We all make mistakes no matter who you are or where you come from. A true Christian must have the unlimited capacity to forgive. I remember about five years ago, I was dealing with an offense in my heart. I was dealing with an offense, not only just just towards a person, but it was actually towards a man of God, and and I, I felt I felt abandoned. I felt like he didn't do his word, and this is not this is not. Uh, My pastor, and I wanted to say this as well, too. I do give honor to my pastor who is in Minerva, and he is a true man of God, Pastor Tim Gropp. I would not be where I'm at today without his voice and his leadership and his love in my life. I thank God for a shepherd. And I know him and Pastor Vinny have connected as well, too. And so you guys are in the flow of something very special here. But this was... a. a man of God that I, I looked up to and I, I thought that, you know, I had thought that I could trust his word. And I got wounded in the process. How many of you know that in the process of walking with God, you are going to get wounded? Uh, things are things are going to happen. People will betray you and walk away from you. It's it's part of the journey. It's part of the process. Even Jesus was betrayed, and I'm I'm dealing with this offense, and I'm I'm justifying myself as to why I can be like this, and why I can hold this in, and this is wrong. What they did, and how could they have done that? And they, they, they say they're a man of God, and all these things are, are 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 running through my head. How many of you know that even men of God are still flesh, and they still make mistakes? And in this process, I remember I, I met with Pastor Azzalini. I I went out to breakfast with him, and we we went out to breakfast. And I thought, you know, I'm going to share this story. I got to tell him what's going on in my heart and, and what I'm dealing with right now. And I begin to share my heart with him, and I began to talk with him. And we were at this little little diner, and, and Vinnie looks, Pastor Vinny looks at me uh, across the table, and with the compassionate, just loving and merciful eyes, I thought he's going to really he's going to really help me out here. He said he said, Brother Drew. He said, you need to get over yourself. He didn't say it mean. Didn't say it harsh. Very gentle. Very kind. He said, you need to get over yourself. Flesh. He said, this this flesh. And he began to minister to me. And I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. (laughs) But how many of you know I needed to hear that? And because of that word, I left that diner that day, I found a place of repentance. God began to open up my perspective and show me that I was wrong. That my spirit was off, that I was looking at them through the wrong lens and he began to show me the battles that that person was facing. He began to reveal the lies of the enemy that was that was holding me bound. I remember in that prayer meeting with the Lord, I, I forgave and I let go. It was a place of release in my life. It was a place where God said, now I can take you to the next level. Now you can be free. But can I tell you, I am so thankful for your pastor, a man of God, who did not tell me what I wanted to hear, but told me what I needed to hear. Come on somebody, you ought to be thankful that you're getting a pastor that is full of love, that is full of mercy. He's not just going to preach you happy, he's going to preach you free. Preacher, don't just preach my ears happy. Don't just, uh, don't just encourage me in my bondage. Don't just tickle my ears. But pastor, tell me what I need to know in order to be in heaven. I would not be standing here today. Had it not been for that word. That word would have destroyed me. That word of offense. But the word that was given released me and it came through the man of God that is now your pastor. He will not just tell you what you want to hear. He will tell you what you need to hear and you will be thankful for that because it will lead you towards the path of freedom. (laughs) I would not be standing here today had I not have listened to that word and responded to that word. You see, it was that response allowed the release to take place in my life. It is those that respond to God by faith that experience a spiritual release. It is the release that equals the response. You see, I picked up a magnet at work. I was thinking and I was beginning to place it on different objects out of curiosity of all the things that it would Attract to, and I didn't think of anything at first. I'm just kind of just thinking and and just kind of fidgeting with something. I really think that they made the fidget spinner just for me, with my un, I kind of I think i have undiagnosed ADD or something. I'm just hyperactive sometimes, so pray for my wife. And I'm just kind of just messing around with it. I like to stay moving and thinking, and so I started to get deep in thought and I begin to think about a magnetic force and. And it fascinated me how this force can only take place when two objects have a charge of motion that's moving in the same direction. That would allow an attraction to take place between the object and the magnet. As a result of that attraction, it would cause a pulling together, a strong connection between two objects. And the Lord began to deal with my heart and place a desire in me to search the scriptures. To find out what it is that causes us to experience this magnetic force, if you will, or this attraction with the Lord. What is it that gets the attention of God? What is it that, that gets God to move in our lives? What is it that draws us closer to Him? What is it that connects my heart with God? These are the questions that should race through the mind of anyone who desires to walk with God. You see, I have set my heart on a search to discover the things that would attract God, that the things that would please Him and the things that would put Him into action in my life. You see, because when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, He showed me that He is my Father. I had never known who my father was I had felt so lost, I had felt so abandoned, I didn't know my identity and who I was, he revealed his love to me, he revealed his spirit in my life and and, and, and I've got to know God, I I want to love God and I want to get the attraction of God, I want God to look down on me and be attracted to, to, to who I am as a son of God, he who has an ear, let him hear what gets the attention of God in your life i don't know about you but i want god on my side because if god before us then who can be against us and God said, if you would draw nigh to me, if you would draw near to me, he said that I'm going to draw near to you. He says, I can feel that force, of so that pulling, that hunger towards me. And when you have that towards God, God says, I'm coming towards you. He waits for us to respond. And when we choose to respond, then he sends the release from heaven. It is clear that there are certain things that we do in this life that attract God to move we understand that prayer is certainly one of those things but hear me a unified response will equal a spiritual release on the church I said a unified response will equal a spiritual release in the church you see physical obedience releases spiritual rewards fasting It's an act of physical obedience that brings a spiritual release in your life. When the people shouted the walls of Jericho, they fell down. It was an act of physical obedience that brought about a spiritual release. When Paul and Silas began to lift their voices, when they were bound and in chains in the prison cell, what was that? It was an act of physical obedience that brought about a spiritual release. When Moses lifted up his hands in the wilderness, as long as Moses' hands were lifted up God would bring victory to the children of Israel what was that? it was physical obedience that was bringing about a spiritual release when blind Bartimaeus was on the roadside he was blind and he began to cry out he heard Jesus was coming by Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me the people, the disciples began tell that man to be quiet tell that man to shut up But he couldn't help himself. He knew Jesus was coming by. And the Bible says he cried even louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have... What was that? That was an act of physical obedience that allowed his release to happen. That allowed his miracle to take place. How many of you know that physical obedience brings a spiritual release in your life? Come on, I'm not just clapping my hands because everybody else is doing it. I'm not just shouting because I want to get involved. Come on, somebody. I know that physical obedience attracts God in our lives. Hallelujah. Everybody say, by faith. We do it by faith. Sometimes these acts of physical obedience, they don't make a whole lot of sense. But when you expect to receive, you obey by faith. I said when you expect to believe, you obey by faith. Sometimes I don't see it happen, but I expect it to happen. So I'm going to praise God in advance like it's already happened. My expectancy is connected to my faith. And my faith is connected to how I'm preparing. When you come in here and you begin to clap, when you begin to shout, when you begin to dance, you're saying, God, we believe, God, that you are the king. We expect you to continue to do a great work here in this place. We believe. Clap your hands if you believe that. See, sometimes this may seem a little foolish. It doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How many of you know I'm so thankful that God uses foolish things to confound the wise? He uses weak things to shame the strong. He uses people that most people would just ri- have written off and cast it out and, and say, you know what, that's the type of person that I want to use. Someone that's broken, that's hurting, but has the faith to respond to me and believe that I can do anything. I'm glad to know that God chooses these foolish things in our lives to to, to reveal his power. You see, that's why by faith we lift our voices in unity. By faith we shout to God in unity. By faith we dance before the Lord in unity, brother. By faith we clap our hands in unity. A release in the spirit world begins to take place when we begin to respond in unity. Everybody say unity psalms 133 1 and 2 behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity watch this it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard even Aaron's beard that went down the skirts of his garment unity is described as oil that flowed from Aaron's head ran down his body it went from his head to his beard and it went down to his body Aaron was the first high priest in the bible well we know that Aaron is no longer high priest we have a new high priest a compassionate high priest that high priest is named Jesus And how many of you know Jesus is the head of the body? So in other words, the head sends down the oil or the anointing that destroys chains and yokes and bondages when he sees that we as the people are unified in one mind in one accord. Come on somebody. It's like the oil that came down the head of the high priest. Behold and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity when we unify with a unified response. A release takes place from the head, which is Jesus Christ, and it allows the anointing to flow supernaturally in this place. Clap your hands if you believe that. Because he's the head and we're the body. And so when the head feels the body come into agreement. When the head feels the body come into alignment. When the head feels the body that says, hey, I receive and believe the pastor that God has placed in this place. Then there is a flow of the anointing that takes place supernaturally in your life and in this church. We've got to fight for agreement. We've got to fight for unity. Because without unity, there is no day of Pentecost. Without unity, they were in one mind. And they were in one accord. And the suddenly took place. But the suddenly never took place until they became in one mind and one accord. And then the Spirit began to be poured out. And the Spirit began to flow. I thought to myself, you know what? How can 120 people get unified without the Holy Ghost? They didn't even have the Holy Ghost. So, what excuse do we have not to forgive, not to let go, and not to unify with one another? We have the Holy Ghost. They unified without the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit was poured out supernaturally. You see, when the church begins to respond as one, you can take it to the bank that God begins to move. A response to preaching. Can I get an amen? Come on, every time the preacher gets up, you ought to get in alignment and agreement. I'm not just saying amen because, oh, it's just part of our church culture. I'm saying amen because I'm coming into agreement with the promises of God. I didn't always understand. I said, I've got to say amen. I've got to have a physical obedience that's going to allow a release. Come on, a response to praise and worship. A response to giving when they has to give. This is what allows the spiritual release to take place. And God is attracted to a unified body flowing together through a release. His power comes through the revelation that he is one. The Bible says even the demons fear and believe that there is one God. In his essence, he is one. His glory is alone, and beside him there is nobody else. His power is one. Jesus prayed that the church, that they may be one. Unity is what allows the flow of anointing. God's number one commandment, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one lord and he prayed that the people would be one when the people respond together that's when the release begins to take place don't ever underestimate the power of corporate prayer corporate worship corporate fellowship corporate giving coming into agreement with the preacher praise and worship clapping and dancing and even when you don't always feel it continue to fight for that agreement because that's what allows the suddenly to take place and I'm here to tell you that the new revival has started I can feel that there is a shift that is happening here come on you might not see it with the physical eye but the spirit world is bearing witness that there are greater things on the way for greater faith come on somebody don't you quit responding don't you die on the pew don't you give up and walk away way say god i know that there's greater god i know I, I might not see it right now but it's coming it's coming it's coming come on somebody you've got to make it up in your mind i've made it up in my mind a long time ago that i ain't never leaving the church i'm in this thing till the very end you cannot uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, not only does God respond to unity, but he responds to praise. That's why David, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That's why David said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Can we do that right now? Can we clap our hands and begin to lift up a voice of triumph if we know that he is able to... Hallelujah, God does not just desire to be praised, but he commands us to praise him for he is worthy to receive that praise. See, many people might mock us or make fun of us because we praise God with a shout. We praise God with a dance. We praise God with the clapping of the hands. But Psalms 115, 17 says this. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any go down in silence. I'm not trying to be morbid, but if you've ever went to a funeral, that person in the casket, they're not moving they're not moving and and i don't know about you but i know what it's like to feel dead on the inside you know why we praise god the way we do is because we are alive in jesus christ i am not dead i am alive I used to worship the devil in the nightclub, in the parties, in the drinking. I told the Lord a long time ago, I will not let my praise in the world be greater than my praise for him when I, come on somebody, you've got to know that praise attracts God. Unity attracts God. This is what allows spiritual release. He inhabits the praises of his people. Come on somebody, Woo. praise ye the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power praise him for his mighty acts praise him according to his excellent greatest praise him with the sound of a trumpet praise him with the upholstery and the harp praise him with the timbrel and a dance praise him on the string instruments and the organs praise him with the loud cymbals praise him upon the high. let everything let everything let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord come on lift up your voice and let out a Shout of praise Hallelujah Come on can we just lift our hands right now And we just talk to the Lord out loud Come on just talk I feel it breaking forth Come on unified praise Come on unified prayer Unified this is attracts God This is what allows the suddenly to take place Uh, hallelujah thank you jesus come on thank you i thank you for the new thing that you're doing here i thank you for what you're doing lord I'm sorry, but I just cannot sit still when I start thinking about where I've come from and all that the Lord has brought me through. Is anybody thankful that you should have been dead, but you're alive? You should have lost it on that car accident. You should have been dead, but you're still alive. Praise gets the attraction of God in our lives. Unity fight for it the agreement it's what allows the flow of the spirit without unity there is no day of pentecost i read to you a story in acts chapter number three we know what happened on acts chapter number two god poured out his spirit upon all flesh you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God can fill you today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you can get baptized today. It's the greatest thing to experience the new birth experience. My life has never been the same. I thank God for the apostolic church. But how many of you know it's more than just a one-time experience? It continued on a daily relationship with God every day. It was more than just Acts 2, but it begins to flow into Acts chapter 3. The Bible says that Peter and John begin to go to the temple. The Bible says at the hour of prayer. But, but hear me, they, they were not going alone. They were on their way to prayer together. I hope that every time that there's corporate prayer call here, you would make every effort to come to this place and agree and unify the church was birthed through corporate prayer through unified prayer to for, through that togetherness and they're continuing to live this out and they're saying come on let, let, let let's go together find it funny that that Peter's with John you can read another time, there's one other time where Peter's getting, in the last chapter of the book of John, Peter's getting annoyed with John Peter's also the one that's asking Lord, how how many times I gotta forgive my brother now he's in a place in his walk with God where he's learned to forgive, he's learned to let go He's coming into agreement. He's walking with his brother. He's on his way to the temple. He's just thankful to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They're on their way to prayer. God, we're on our way to agree. We're on our way to seek the face of God. And as they're on their way, there's a man that sat there. The Bible says that he sat there for 39 years or 40 years. And he's in a lame position. And just... Begging for alms, alms, looking for handouts. Just, maybe today I'll, I'll get something. Maybe today I'll, I'll get a penny. Maybe, maybe I'll get a 20, maybe may, maybe something. It was just a part of his identity. He was living in a victim mindset. He's living in this, this, this lame position. Peter and John happened to roll up on this man at the hour of prayer. The Bible says that they looked at him, and here's what he said to them. He said, look at us. The Bible says that that lame man looked at Peter and John, expecting to receive something from them. We know the story. I read it. Peter looked at him. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk come on do we still believe that that name still has power and that name still works and that name still delivers and that name still sets free and that and that name can change your life come on let's all stand here to this morning I feel the faith and I feel the expectation. But here's what the Lord showed me. What Peter and John had to do, they had to get that man out of a lame position and put him into a faith position. He he went from head down, not expecting anything, oh just just another day at the temple. Just another day at the church. Just, uh, just another day of just going through the motions, just going through the routine. He, he's in a lame position, just going through the rhythm and the motions of religiosity and routine. And Peter and John had to come, and he had. They had to stir and shake some things up. They had to change some things and say, Hey, you've got to get out of that lame position, and you've got to put yourself into a faith position because God's getting ready to do something miraculous in your life but he cannot do it as we have to expect to receive from the lord because our expectancy is tied to our faith and without faith it is impossible to please him is the name of this church greater faith is the is the name of this church greater faith you cannot have greater faith and still walk around lame come on we've got to get into the faith position we've got to come into agreement and alignment with the new thing that god is doing here i expect god to do the new thing i expect revival i expect my family to come i'm feeling that lame position shake off this morning so why don't you come down to this altar right now and i want you to just lift your hands come on come into this this faith position god's getting ready to do something miraculous right here come on don't be afraid to step out don't be afraid to step out right now thanks for joining with us today be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on facebook by searching my greater faith there you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.